Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christina Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. In this show, we hope to bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. We'll be talking to surfers, psychics, and metaphysicians about meditation, healing, spirit guides, and other ascension tools you can use to catch your next wave. So if you're surfing the winds on Venus or jumping the rings on Saturn or riding a solar flare right now, this is the place on Align Radio where we sort it out. Planet Earth, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way or ascending on their spiritual path. We're surfing alchemy all the time now as we prepare for the spring equinox in March. Around the globe, seismic activity, volcanic activity, and big waves are coming into play. We're noticing different waves to surf, and if you check out spaceweather.com, check up what the sun's doing, you'll notice the sun's influence in your daily life and how it affects your mood. So we've all been watching many planets and their astrology, but something new's unfolding with the sun and it's just a little bit different for everyone. You will notice crystals communicating and singing much louder than usual as the sun creates these magnetic waves. The sun is storming away again this week, but it's on the part of the sun not facing the earth. But these solar storms have created a magnetic disturbance around the Arctic Circle during March 1st, releasing sparkling bright auroras just as night fell over northern Europe. So look out for more this weekend and for the blue flash. We've heard of the green flash, this fleeting emerald light that sometimes appears just before the setting sun. It has been proven by science now. And now it's possible to see these giant blue flashes. But you might have to be in Sweden to see it. In the surf on the west coast and out to Hawaii, there are no significant swells over the next 7 to 10 days. But keep checking in with Surfline.com because things are looking good around March 12th through the 14th, just before the March equinox. A large storm is in the forecast, and it's set to develop near the Aleutian Islands and then move down the west coast and out to Hawaii. So there is potential for a major northwest swell, so check your surf line. The sun and the surf gives us clues as to the energies we can be or could be experiencing, so notice where you can share new currents of your own energy with others, and notice how many other currents you surf during the day. Is it flexibility? Is it acceptance? Is it focus? Is it laughter? So let's ride the waves over new ascension, psychic, or spiritual spaces together and share our stories. Our guest today is Thomas McGregor, metaphysician, musician, composer, and all-around violin expert. With his unique talent on the violin, he excels in everything from traditional fiddle, classical arrangements, and originals. Thomas has three solo records to his name, as well as countless collaborations with the likes of Gabe Nieto, Alan Cote and the Tomato Junction, Miriam DeMaio, Cullen Lane, Michael John Thomas of RCA Records in Nashville, and many others. Thomas currently plays with some top names in country, jazz, bluegrass, and Latin. And when he's not touring or in the studio, Thomas also loves the joy of teaching. He gives private and group classes, structuring the lesson to meet the desire of the students, and we'll hear more about that today. So let's jump into the interview. Hello, Align listeners out there. This is Christina Walsh from Surfing the Psychic Waves, and joining me in the studio today is Thomas McGregor. Welcome, Thomas. Oh, thanks for having me this afternoon. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, me too. Folks out there have been listening uh, to Align now for uh, a couple of months, have noticed that I've been playing uh, throughout the shows and in between shows some of Thomas's work with the violin, and it looks like been able to tap into this beautiful vibration of using the human body and this 
lovely musical instrument that's been used for many hundreds of years to really sort of convey a new type of energy. And I, and I, I love your work, and I'd love for you to talk about your relationship with the violin. Oh, well, okay, great. Well, um, the violin is equally known around the world as probably one of the closest instruments to the human voice and so um, I I gravitated towards this instrument 20 21 years ago when I was two years old I started playing the violin and um, so I've spent just about a you know a, a career's length time playing and um, yeah there are very interesting correlations between how the strings work and on both the scientific level and the spiritual level and how the strings work in relation to also how the vocal cords work. Also, um, what's really cool is um, I love the transparency of how the music is allowed to ex to be escaped from the instrument um, versus a lot of instruments like electrified instruments nowadays. You don't get a lot of resonance from them, and so it's hard for people to you know catch vibes or catch energies or catch even feelings or emotions off of an instrument. Um, unless it's plugged in and so with the violin or acoustic guitar or mandolin or, or a lot of most of acoustic instruments the acoustic bass is a great example because of the vibrational density that it carries you can really feel what the the person is trying to convey so tell me about the strength sort of the spiritual piece of it and the scientific piece of it oh well there's okay so there's two sides to everything um and so when it comes to the strings on a scientific level i'm um, basically the bow which is made out of uh horse hair it's literally you cut off the or they cut off just trim the tail of a horse and then they piece it out and make a, a bow and so when you go into the cosmology of the entire instrument and how it how it's developed and how it works it's actually really organic um, the whole thing's basically held together by tension um some light glues and um and you know hard <laughs> sweat and tears and blood for sure so when you look at the cosmology it's very organic to begin with but when you draw the bow across the strings it moves the strings in such a manner that it causes them to vibrate which resonates inside the instrument and thus producing the sound and so for an artisan it's their duty to perfect that technique in order to get the best sound quality um, that they can um, on a spiritual level it's almost the instrument is very metaphorical for um, not only how we live our lives, um, but for also um, how we are as humans on a biological level. Um, you know, if we, the bow could be some symbolic of, for instance, the situation that we're in and how we decide to handle the situation or handle the bow, and that will produce the type of vibrations from the strings that um, that we want and sometimes it can be negative when we're not conscious of it you know what I mean mm -hmm. you know if we're not conscious of the situation enough to the point where we can handle it in a certain way where we can have the better outcome then you know bad things can happen and then people can get hurt and so you can see that sometimes when you're playing the instrument and you're not like with beginners they're not exactly you know tuned in to the technical properties that they need to produce a good sound and so you have to be as a teacher you have to come down to their level and understand where they're coming from and help perfect their techniques so they can you know produce better sound so on both levels it's it's incredibly um, relatable to life for sure for sure one of my 
spiritual teachers. The first one I think in my life was my guitar teacher. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I and I do think it's related to this, to everything you're talking about, and that you know the teacher has to put themselves in the student's shoes and and help them to raise their vibration, whatever that is, and you know hopefully that's with this raising of technique and and discovering kind of what their relationship is with that instrument but uh, it is a metaphor for so many other aspects of life well, so what do you notice about your students now well it's interesting uh, I wanted to bring up really quickly uh, I just recently did a, a two-hour lecture on the difference between student and teacher and there's there's always that that Zen koan that we can go back to when there's nothing different. There's nothing different than the teacher and student, and that's something that people ponder. Like, oh, you know, there's all, you know, what's the difference? But really, when it comes to music, what I've found through over, over the years of teaching is that the difference really is the fact that I know I can do what I can do, and the student just doesn't have the tools and doesn't know that it, that they can achieve the tools to get to where they want to. So it's almost like a belief. If you want to, mm -hmm. and a lot of the younger students, they just like, oh, I can't do this. Well, just by saying that, you're almost pre, you know, predestined to not do it. And so, as a teacher, you're almost deprogramming the idea that they can't do something when really, truly, they can. And when people start to catch on, like more of my advanced students start to catch on, like, oh, I can really do this. Then, as a teacher level, on a teacher level, you have to then you have to gauge what part of them is ego and what part of them is eagerness you know are they eager to achieve what they're achieving and knowing that they can achieve it or is it now become an egotistical situation and so that's sort of what a teacher sort of plays but really a teacher in order to teach correctly and to cultivate cultivate that way of thinking you have to Diminish your ego. You have to diminish your ego to the point where you can say, listen, I'm the same as them, only I know that the possibilities are there. And they just mm -hmm. haven't gotten around to knowing that they can do it. And once they get, and you know, it comes back to that metaphor of seeing the light bulb turn on. And when that light bulb come on, comes on, that, when that turns on, that is that moment. That is that moment where they're like, whoa, I can do this. You know, and so that's that's a really that's a truly, in my opinion, that is probably one of the most spiritual things you can ever encounter outside of direct spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. Right now, when the light bulb comes on, it's like, wow, yeah, <laughs> I better exactly, back up. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's exactly that for sure. And it's like, wow, I can I can do this. And then um, you can you can take it as far as you want. And that's sort of the scary thing. There's an old quote that a, a bodybuilder friend of mine uses, and he says, um. It's not. It's not. It's not that we're afraid that we're inadequate, but we're afraid that we we can do anything, that we can achieve anything. And so to some extent, that's possible um, to think that way. But to the other extent, we also have to remember that we are mortal and we're human, and that's something that we can't necessarily ever escape. So yes, we might you know play grand concert halls or write essays on you know biochemistry or you know um, write novels or inspire children. But at the very end of the day, what part of that is something that's going to last, you know, more than a lifetime? That's probably the deeper question when it comes to being an instructor or being a teacher. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you on that, definitely. Opening up 
that world of possibilities on a continual basis. Is folks really find that when they're when they're practicing music or you know picking up an instrument and starting to play, it's like suddenly it opens up that world again of where you know before the light bulb went on and after the light bulb went on sort of experience. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, I totally agree. And and what I find um, in in all the practices that I sort of dive into is that a lot of the time. It's more about the practice, whatever it is, either it's music or meditation or yoga or martial arts, which, which all of those I do. When it comes to the practice, usually it's about opening a dimension to you. I like to use the word dimension because in all aspects of life and all aspects of practices, there are, as far as I have found so far, endless amounts of dimension possibilities. And so... For a teacher, the more dimension that you can open up to a, to a student or, or a client, whether it's fitness or you know, a, a music student, the more dimension you can open up to that experience, the more interest will grow. And so that's sort of the, in my opinion, that's sort of the water, that's sort of the, the water to cultivate that interest. Because some things can become so intellectual and so dry where it's just like, well, there's no substance to this. There's nothing to really hold on to. There's not a lot of dimension. But in a lot of practices, intellectual, technical practices are huge. Like you have to sit the right way and yoga, the poses have to be the right way. There's reason for all of them, for all of them. You know, if you sit correctly, your back will be straight and you won't get pain in your back. If you do the moves in yoga correctly, then you won't hurt yourself. If you hold your violin correctly, you will produce not only the correct sound, but physically you will also feel better. There's reason for those, but when you take those to such an extent to enforce them to the grave, like technique for technique's sake, just tech, 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 technical. When you give somebody mm -hmm. about technique like that, interest starts to diminish because it's they're like well is this all there is they almost hmm. they almost lose hope in the universe in a way you know they like is is it all you know is this all I'm doing this for and so you have to as a teacher be open yourself to divulge some of the multi dimensions that every practice encompasses for sure so what about the early uh, history of the violin and the the folks that actually sort of got the violin into its modern form. I've read some stories about different, I guess, violin houses in Italy, and I'm sure you know a lot about that. Well, um, the violin is an interesting instrument. In fact, the, the violin has been around for several hundred years, and if you um, take in consideration the innovation on instruments such as the guitar or the bass, um, the violin hasn't had that. Now, some people are going to argue with me on this because um, there has been innovations as far as, or alterations to the violin as far as elect electric goes. It has been electrified. I, I use a pickup when I play live. A pickup is a small device to make it electric. Um, and they, they do make flying V violins that are like, they look like guitars. You know, mm -hmm. they have frets on them and everything. So there's been some evolution, but I'm not sure if I would say it's necessarily a progression in the instrument. Usually when there's a progression in some sort of uh, instrument or art form, usually, in my opinion, it should be to grow the art form into something vaster. You know, it's like the universe is, is, is expanding and contracting. 
In an art form, it's kind of like that as well. We'll take it as far as we can, and then eventually it'll return. But for the violin, it's relatively stayed the same all these years. And so I think it's truly amazing to take this instrument and look at its mechanics, and even look at it in a scientific manner, but there hasn't been any vast innovations that have made the cosmology that produces the really good sound in the last, you know, hundred, hundred or so years. So um, it's pretty, it is a pretty amazing instrument. And, um, and I must say though, when you do plug it into a big sound system, you can, you can make people cry. You can, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's some sort of a superpower, you know? I mean, when you tap, when you tap into that deep of an emotional base for somebody, that's, that, that is truly amazing. And so it's, I guess it's up to us, the artists, not to get egotistical about it and realize that we can change people to realize that there is such a vast world out there, um, multidimensional, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. beyond their everyday, you know, quarrels. So what about other aspects uh, coming into your life and sort of weaving into your life between, I guess, the violin and being a teacher, and then, you know, how does that weave its way into meditation and and other thoughts in your brain? Well, um, that's a very good question, and um, I started meditating several 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 years ago, and um, I started almost like everybody. I don't, I don't necessarily want to put a big blanket over, it, but a, a lot of people do it this way, and I ended up at you know, bookstores and reading books by Ram Das and um, Ram, Ramana Harshi and, um, you know, Adi Shanti. And I, I started reading all these meditation books, Eckhart Tolle, uh, you know, the New Earth and all mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I started reading all these books and I started going to all these places and I started talking to all these people and um, like-minded people, if you will. And I did this for years. And it came down to a point where... Um, I thought to myself, if what everybody else is saying is true, whatever that may be, you know, there's a God, there's spirit, we're all one, this thing that everybody talks about, then nor do I need, I don't need the books, nor do I need the uh, meditation techniques, or nor do, it's happening right now where I'm at. Now, this is not to say or discourage anybody from thinking that, you know, these things are important. They are important to a certain point, but just like doing technique for technique's sake, you can do meditation for meditation's sake. And so mm-hmm. what I ended up doing in a sense is started to do what the Christians might even say, um, like living the spirit, or more in essence, I started living my meditation practice. How, and I, you know, and, and I started in a way doing cons and pros in my every moment, like what, you know, how, how am I, bringing myself out of this moment and one of the first things that came out of this growth spiritual growth for me for my violin students was this technique that I call breathing with the instrument and basically every time they do an up bow which is just they bring their right hand up and it pulls across the string they breathe in and every time they pull their hand down bringing the bow down across the instrument they breathe out and they'll do this, and I usually subscribe anywhere from four to six breaths, complete breaths, so that would be eight times total. And I, I cannot tell you the results were amazing. Like 
they they calm down, their shoulders drops. Everybody knows when 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 you get when you get stressed, your shoulders come up, and that's not good for violin players. And so mm-hmm. their their shoulders dropped, their breathing became normal, and their playing became sweet, really really nice, uh, clarity and all sorts of things. So everybody does it now um, in my class. So. This is one of the great things that came out. I was able to think clearly enough and stop searching enough in my own life to start implementing some things that, you know, you can almost call it, you know, violin yoga in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like breath yoga for the violin. So that is one of the things that has bled over into um, a sort of eye-opening type time of my life where I just, you know, it's, you know, I need to stop reading these books and doing all, I mean, that that's good for an, a certain period of time and then you get tired of it. You're like, well, then if the books can't give me the answer, then what am I doing? You know? And so, um, I still read, I, I still read a lot of Eckhart and poetry and stuff like that to keep my mind active and keep myself in check. But I'm really pleased with, um, seeing music in a different aspect because before I was I was pretty I was pretty set on everybody doing you know oh you got to do this to get to this level you know there's more of a curriculum now it's more on a student-to-student basis which I I really really enjoy yeah I think that's that's been happening now for the last couple of years that you know we've been focused so much on being an individual and then if you sort of apply that to when you know, someone wants to learn something and there's a teacher involved and then you imply that this curriculum is going to be very individual for each person, then it's then it really makes sense. And so I think we, we walk this line between individuation and separation and cohesiveness and we are all one. Right. <laughs> and so we're doing this circle of, you know, I'm one with the violin and then I'm breathing and then I'm interacting with, you know, a teacher or other students or, you know, maybe I'm performing right now. But so we're always kind of in this dance of uh, sort of expressing yourself and then interacting with others and getting into that bigger space, that expansive space. It's another dimension. It's like we can experience all those dimensions at once. Right. And that's scary. You know, honestly, to be to be completely honest, a lot of the things that you encounter in spiritual practices if they're progressing the way they should be in 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 some sense or another i mean that can be that can be some scary stuff but it's very it maybe more more the better word would be invigorating you know it's very invigorating yeah i think at first glance we'll tell ourselves the story that oh this is scary yeah (laughs) (laughs) or oh i don't know what is going on with me right now or (laughs) you know we try to give ourselves a way out Right. You know, if we don't want to progress further and, and then suddenly it becomes invigorating, like, oh, whatever, it's kind of scary, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, and that, that, that's the thing that you would notice as a teacher, too. I mean, there's a lot of those experiences as a, a music teacher and, a, you know, a personal trainer that I notice is that you are, you notice those experiences that come into your, your your current experiences that are, oh, I don't know, you know, is it, you, know you, you start asking all these questions and I don't know if I should push them in that direction or not. I don't know if I should push them at all, a fear of rejection, right? So, mm-hmm. so you kind of, in a way, you kind of get over yourself and you're like, well, and you're not stern or rough about the situation. You're just like, okay, let's try this. And I know it's going to be a little hard, but why don't you try it you know and so as a teacher um having having the option of getting over your own 
your own inhibitions is just an amazing tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think uh, for sure um, over the last, I would say over the last two years, you know, probably late 2010 um, to now the present, there's been definitely, definitely some some differences in the way my students approach music. I think there's a deepening in the way they look at it, um, especially in the children. They see the reason for music in general, and I'm not just I'm not just singling out violin teaching or violin music, but music in general. And I have them do some pretty crazy projects, and usually they're just to open their mind further, and they start to see the reasons a little bit quicker. Like, oh, okay, well, huh, you know, and because there's this kind of a stigma around music. Oh, you gotta, you know, there's just oh, this you gotta practice, 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 and there's all this like, oh, I just wanted to take that out of it. You know, music is supposed mm-hmm. to be fun, like you said. It's a dance within ourselves that we play half the time, and music is exactly the same way, you know? And so, just like the dance eventually ends, so will the music. And so, sometimes you just have to say, listen. It's like you want to take them and shake them a little bit and be like, listen, you know? Relax, you know? And usually, the way I shake them is just by taking a just telling them to take a couple deep breaths. You know, just mm-hmm. just relax. Play with your instrument and just, just relax, you know? Um... Things are going to be, you know, there's, things are going to be difficult and there's going to be bumps in the road, but that's part of the learning process. And I, I try to take that approach for sure. And so over the last couple of years, it's been super interesting to see uh, see the changes in their eyes because you really do see it in their eyes. So I want to ask you about your music and your own compositions. Oh, okay, good. Um, well... <laughs> My music now is um, not completely improvised, but um, my music now is inspired by what's going on. And I don't necessarily mean what's going on in the news Mm -hmm. or what's going on in my day, but usually what's going on right now and so for instance if i were to compose a song right now it's very calm and quiet and contemplative it would be probably pretty calm and contemplative you know (laughs) um so i really take the present moment as sort of my my starting ground and that is really where some good organic stuff has come out and so i think the tools that i use is improvisation um, and beyond that, I use intellect, and I use intellectual, um, intellectual tools and um, te- technical tools. So those do hold their place in just about any practices. So when it comes to my compositions, um, I do use those um, as tools for sure. But I really draw off the present moment and what's going on. And every once in a while, for sure, I'll take you know a, a, an incident or a situation that I was in or I, I experienced. And I'll use that as a starting ground, and that is really fun because every day, if you're open, if you're open to it, every single, every single day, every single day, there is something that is out of the ordinary for you. You just have to see it. And every day, I tell you, there's been, I mean, anything from being caught in the rain and helping somebody, or you know, just something. That is just out of the ordinary, out of your ordinary spectrum of experiment, experience. Um, and if you're open to that, that is great for an artist to sort of draw from that. 
So that's that's sort of where a lot of my my info comes from. <laughs> so are you working on a new album now? Or um, that's a good question. Actually, I am. I'm recording. I am recording for I'm recording for um, a CD uh, that hopefully will be out um, by the time I start doing music camps in late July, August. And so, um, yeah, for the for the summer, I plan on having an album out. And I actually, I was trying to devise how I would go about doing it. Would I do a, would I hire a band? Would I put together my own group? You know, how would I go about doing something creative and something that I was happy with? You know, inspired music, solo violin, with a little bit of reverb, kind of like the stuff that you're using on the station, just solo music. And so you can meditate to it, you can listen to it in the car. Um, I want stuff, I want there to be stuff that, that's grungy and stuff that's light and just really showing the spectrum of the instrument. And so um, it's definitely an exciting thing for me. All right, so where can folks find you? I think you're on Facebook. I am on Facebook, you can check me out on Facebook. There's a couple locations that I wanna plug real quick. And um, yeah. the Facebook is facebook.com slash T violin, T like for the first, part of my name and then I have a blog that I run and that runs I run articles not just me but I have other writers that run articles on science um, biology philosophy spirituality everything from meditation to yoga fitness and health and uh, music and the arts architecture just a broad spectrum of things and the blog is mainly geared towards finding the interconnectedness between everything and so um, you can find that at my name Thomas McGregor and then it's dot wordpress.com so it's Thomas McGregor dot wordpress.com and then all my music that I come out with that isn't on a CD is usually on my YouTube channel which is youtube.com slash T violin which is the exact same as my Facebook so um, add me on Facebook or check me out on the blog or check me on the video or the YouTube and um, yeah I'd love to hear ideas from people on everything because I mean when you start opening up you can really draw upon other people without you know oh that wasn't my idea instead of that you go oh that's cool you know how can we work on it together it's more of a together thing than a, a separate thing yeah so how does the science piece work into all this? Oh, yes. We we always have to get to the science, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, that that sort of comes from my history. I, I've loved science forever, and I'm kind of a space geek, and I, I love how everything works. But when it comes to science, it's really about the details and asking questions. And I think when it comes to meditation or a spiritual practice, one of the first questions that any guru might ask you is, why? Or... Um, who are you, you know, for instance. And so mm -hmm. science is sort of the same way. And what's sort of happened with science is it's been manipulated uh, through people who want to make gains in one way or another, I believe. Um, but science is interesting for anybody, I believe, if they have a seeking spirit. So for a spiritual person of some kind, um, it's, it's very cool. And to find out how nature works is not necessarily... Um, a bad thing and science has been morphed a little bit over time with the manipulation of chemicals in, in not, not only food but in the air and everything like that for you know monetary monetary profit um, 
And so the stigma has been sort of wrapped, oh, science has done all these things, and, but it's not like that. And so what I try to install in people is um, direct information about what's going on in our environment. That's what the original scientists um, did, and that's what original science is about, is you take a flower and be like, how does this work? This is amazing. And so it's more, <laughs> it's more yeah, and it's more about putting words to things that maybe shouldn't have words to them, but we do it anyway for fun. And so that's, for me, I, I call it open exploration research, where you take something that you're interested in and you just dive into it. And, be, and this can be a good practice for anything, from spiritual to musical um, to, uh, to health-wise. You just figure out how things work, and then from there you can actually make some pretty educated choices on how to live your life, either with health or with music or um, your environment, or how you even interact with people on a, on a psychological level. How do other people's minds work? And you can have a lot of fun with you know finding out how things work. It, it is really interesting. In fact, the Dalai Lama himself, as a hobby, take, takes, um, takes apart um, electronics and mechanics because he finds it interesting. And so um, it's kind of the same idea, you know, kind of the, the same idea of like, oh, let's, let's take a speck of dirt and what are the molecules that make it that you know how does this work <laughs> there's a lot to hold on to if you really if you really are you know you really are, are earnest about it so yeah i've had a couple of journeys like that <laughs> myself where i was looking at a a very old old book about spiritualism and mediumship and uh, it's actually called a guide to mediumship and the person who wrote it actually had to change their name. And so I started um, researching this guy, Alan Kardec, mm -hmm. uh, which is not the original name. And it turns out that he had links to Mesmer, where we get mesmerization from. Right. And then uh, Mesmer had been doing all sorts of uh, experiments with sound. And uh, he had this, I don't know if I should call it a machine, but... Uh, it was to heal people with sound and he had this contraption that would emit notes and he would heal people with that and uh, he also got in trouble <laughs> of course they all get in trouble right. all the time right. uh, with either you know that people didn't take him seriously or once they started to take him seriously then you know a patient sort of flipped out on him and you know, this is back in the late 1700s, but uh, he also had a connection to Mozart and his father. Yeah. And so, so again, I'm making my way back to the music piece. And uh, that was really unexpected. And I didn't, you know, I just was going on my own little journey. I wasn't really talking to anyone about this. So, uh, and then it just sort of makes its way full circle. So again, you know, it, it comes back to mediumship and uh, so many people out there are really familiar with Mozart, and then there's all these little background stories between uh, sort of this sort of healing aspect of music in general and and sort of influence on on an artist, you know. And we we can only hear the results now, and obviously something was going on. So that's not the whole story, right? But well, it's part of the story, and it never is, you know. If I yeah. if I had to suggest a book uh, for somebody that uh, is both spiritually endowed to some extent and musically uh, interested and maybe even scientifically and philosophically it's all it's a really good book it's called the music lesson and it's by victor lamont uh wooten who is uh, the bass player for Bela fleck and the fleck tones and it's a fictional book in the sense of the intro the intro of the book says 
it's up to you whether you believe this is a novel or not. And so you read this story and it's about him and how he meets this guy who's sort of a shaman type guy and, and brings him through all these experiences of healing people with music and healing me- people with your voice and things that you would, you know, you would expect to come out of the Bible, you know. And um, at the very end, you know, I mean, all this stuff is dated in the book, you know, it's documented and he has dates and times and it's, it's very recent in the last uh, 10 years at least. And um, at the very end, you're kind of puzzled, like, hmm, you know, and then it comes back to like, is this possible? Like, uh, back to my opening statement this afternoon, is this possible? And uh, I guess that's where sort of the scientific side of your mind comes in. It's like, well... Let's start testing some things out, you know, let's start making making some things. And so, yeah, it starts with research and seeing if, you know, did Mozart's music, does it, have, does it, does it currently, did it in you know, the past have healing powers? I, I have no doubt the possibility is there. Beethoven, sure. Um, but is it possible maybe more to the point that everybody or anybody can learn those? You might have to do some sacrificing. I don't know. I, I mean, you would have to do some studying for sure. But the best thing may be... <laughs> you might have to pick up a violin. <laughs> you might have to pick up yeah, might have to pick up a violin, take some lessons. But I think maybe, simply simply put, I think maybe you would have to start listening to those 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 that music. You'd have to listen to those composers and start feeling like what what is so powerful about this you know so i think i think that's that's a good place to start for anyone yeah well thank you so much thomas for surfing the psychic waves with us today uh let me just hear that uh wordpress site one more time for your blog yeah it's it's my it's my name it's thomas t-h-o-m-a-s and my name is mcgregor like the sports company only without the a so it's mc g-r-e-g-o-r and it's dot wordpress.com it's a blog for right now I'm going to move it to a .com site in the next couple months, but right now, um, obviously, it's it's free and open, and we have a lot of we have a lot of fun. So it's thomasmcgregor.wordpress.com or my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/tviolin. All right, thanks so much. You're very welcome. I really enjoyed this, and 